Amen. 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 I'm so delighted that on this day we have brother and sister Cornelius Williams with us, tremendous evangelist. I appreciate them being with us, and I appreciate uh, brother Williams' ability to follow the Holy Ghost. And I am certain that God has something very, very special for all of us here this morning. One more time while you're standing, would you put your hands together as the man of God comes to preach in Jesus' name? Come on, can we give God a worthy praise in the sanctuary? Come on, can we clap our hands and lift up our voice to the King that's worthy of all praise, to the King that's worthy of high praise. Come on, lift up your voice, clap your hands, declare that He is Lord, that He is King, that He's alive. Somebody shout amen. Come on, shout amen. 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 Give God a mighty hand clap of praise if you love him in the sanctuary. Come on, if you're grateful to be alive, if you're grateful for strength, if you're grateful for health, if you're grateful to be in God's house, somebody shout praise the Lord. Amen. We are so delighted to be in God's presence on a Sunday morning with the opportunity to have our lives touched by the King that is alive and well. Amen, amen. It is, it is a delight, an honor, a privilege, amen, to be in the presence of the Lord amongst God's people. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you look good this morning. Oh, yeah. Compliment never, never ceases to make the heart feel good. Amen. We are so glad you're here. Such a beautiful presence of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Didn't the praise team and the worship team and the band do a tremendous job this morning? Come on, Jesus is alive. Come on, our worship is alive. Our praise. I've got a song in my heart that the angels cannot sing. Come on, I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I've been set free by His Spirit. Come on, I've been washing His blood. Come on, anybody feel good in the house of the Lord? Come on, thank God that he saved me. Thank God he delivered me. Thank God that he set me free. Amen. And whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And we are free people tonight. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Amen. We are free people tonight, today, this morning. This is why we run and we clap and we shout. Amen. There's no shackles on my hands. Come on, there's no shackles on your feet. Come on, there's no muzzle on your mouth. I can shout as loud as I want to shout. I can leap as long as I want to leap. I can run, I can dance, because this joy I have, the world didn't give it to me. And you've come too late to take it from me. I feel freedom in the house. Amen. Amen, amen. But even with freedom, we want... We don't want to take that liberty too much and be long-winded this morning. So turning your attention to the book of Matthew chapter 2 and verse 11. Also be bringing you to Mark 15 and 23 and John 19 and 38. Three passages of scripture for your consideration this morning. And in your turning, we are so delighted. I'm saying we because I feel at home here. We 
We are delighted for all the visitors that are in the sanctuary this morning. Come on, come on, Cornerstone. You ought to give the visitors a hand clap. Thank you for being here. Come on, this is a place where all people are welcome. Amen. And we are so glad you are here. And I don't know why I just adopted myself into the Cornerstone family. <laughs> Amen. And for all the visitors, that all that means is I'm not from here, but I wish I could be. Amen. <laughs> Amen. This is a tremendous church, beautiful people of God that love God with a great pastor and a great first lady. Come on, anybody thankful for your pastor? Amen. They are tremendous people, and we are so glad that they are back home from a much-needed much time of rest and relaxation. And uh, I'm a visiting preacher, and so if for whatever reason this Sunday morning sermon does not fit your fancy, for whatever reason, if I just flop this sermon and this thing just goes terrible, it does not go the way you thought a sermon this morning should go. Just know that when this revival is over, I will not be in the pulpit. And so all the visitors, please don't let me stop you from coming back. You are welcome to come in at time. Amen. And make this your home church. Somebody say, shout Amen. Love my family that are with me during this revival. My wife is a praying woman and she's doing her best to keep my boy at bay. He's falling asleep. Praise God. Amen. That's a church, baby. You can fall asleep during church. All that singing and shouting and still go to sleep. But I hope you don't go to sleep on me this morning. Amen. Anybody going to help the preacher preach? Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 11. I've sought God for this service. And in seeking, in seeking his spirit for a voice to give to the people, the sermon has troubled me the last few days because it's not one that I've delivered firstly. And secondly, I believe the weight of this message is something that every last one of us can relate to. And so with the help of God, I want to preach to everybody in the house. Is that all right this Sunday morning? Come on, I'm not going to leave anybody left out. I want everybody to receive what God has for you. Come on, anybody want God to talk right to me? Come on, say, God, talk right to me. Amen. Matthew 2 and 11, when you have it, shout amen. The Bible says, and when they will come into the house... They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Somebody shout myrrh. Now, even if you've not been to church in a long time you know what this text is about this is the birth of Jesus Christ but I want to take you to another dispensation of his life in Mark 15 and 23 as Jesus is on the cross the Bible declares and they gave him drink they gave him to drink wine mingled 
with myrrh. Somebody shout myrrh. Mingled with myrrh, but in the desire to give him this drink, Jesus refused. And he received it not. One final text taking you from the manger to the cross to the tomb. The Bible declares in John 19 and in 38, in 38, Joseph of Arimathea is one of the secret disciples because of fear of the Jews. The Bible declares that he besought Pilate. He begged for the body of Jesus Christ that he may, that he may take it and prepare his body for burial. And the Bible declares in verse 39 that along with Joseph of Arimathea, the Bible says that Nicodemus came also. That same Nicodemus that came to Jesus in John 3 by night. He came to Jesus and this time he's visiting Jesus one last time. And with them, the Bible says that they brought a mixture, a mixture of myrrh. Somebody shout myrrh a mixture of myrrh and aloes and they had it in so much quantity that it was a hundred pound of weight and they brought it to the tomb and they brought it to Jesus and they began to wrap his body in a linen and they began to pair him according to the custom of the Jews and they presented this mixture of myrrh to the body of Jesus. In hearing these texts this morning, you would think that I spent time trying to preach an Easter sermon, trying to bring a word of resurrection and fit the occasion, but that, that happens to not be the case. But in prayer, I could not help, I could not help but think that every last one of us in this room this morning would not be here if it was not for one thing. If it was not for the mercies of God. Come on, anybody just felt that right there? You would not be alive. You would not be in this room with the ability to lift up your hands. To lift up your voice. To praise God with everything in your spirit had it not been for mercy somebody shout mercy anybody thankful for mercy in the house come on anybody thankful for the goodness of the Lord in the house come on I shouldn't be alive I shouldn't be here come on God knows where I would be if it had not been for the mercy of Jesus if it had not been for the mercy of the Lord Amen. And in prayer, I felt to deliver this word and help somebody in the house know that God loves you more than you can love yourself. And I just want to tell you, I'm thankful for mercy right now. Come on, if you ever, through everything you've been through, you ought to thank God for mercy. Come on, through everything that you've been through in your life, Come on, the dark trials, the weariness of days. Come on, the brokenness of life. I just want to tell you, I'm thankful for the mercies of God. And this morning, with the help of God, I want to preach from this thought. The mercies 
the mercies of myrrh. Amen. God bless you in the fear of the Lord. Clap your hands one more time in the sanctuary. Amen. God bless you in the fear of the Lord. You may be seated this morning in Jesus' name. The mercy. Somebody shout mercy. The mercies of myrrh. Here, regardless of your, your background, no matter how much money you possess, what status of life you find yourself, your ethnicity, the neighborhood in which you reside in, irregardless of your status in life of being entwined in humanity, there is, there is a principle that every last one of us should be grateful for, and that is the mercies of God. Even in the arena of those who question God's existence, whether you have come to realization that God exists or not, I just want to tell you, my friend, you yourself have been subjected to God's mercies. And thinking of God's mercy, it makes me think, it makes me think about the undeniable revelation that God manifested himself in flesh. And he did not have to leave the precipice of his throne to save humanity, but I'm so glad that he did. He subjected himself to walking in human flesh, to be born in a lonely manger, and it's from that point that I, that I want to unveil and pull back the curtain of something that was present at every stage of the life of Jesus. If you've heard the story of the wise men, if you've heard the story of Jesus Christ born to Mary and Joseph, you would be familiar with the presentation that happened in that manger. You'd be familiar with what transpired that cold, that cold day in a stable. But I, I want to preach about something that I've never seen, something that I've never recognized. I hope that I hope that revelation would get a hold of you this morning. Something, something that happened to be present at three stages of the life of Jesus. Something that was there that I I I would glaze over, we would glaze over, but it is powerful. In its nature, significant in its symbolic, its symbolic meaning, it is it is the nature of this precious ointment that the people of that day call myrrh. Somebody shout myrrh. You look at the manger, and there in the stable, the Bible says that as the wise men came to the house where Jesus, this young child, was, we know the story that. As they opened up the treasures, they began to present him with three specific treasures. We know this. I don't want to take much time. I, I want to help you this morning. We know that he was presented with gold. Somebody shout gold. He was presented with frankincense. Somebody shout frankincense. And he was presented with myrrh. But why? Why these specific treasures? 
what did they mean? What did they symbolize? And we go to the cross where Jesus was presented with an opportunity to drink a mixture, a specific drink. They gave him wine mixed with myrrh and at the tomb, and at the tombs, there was a presentation once more of this, this myrrh. If something is in proximity of Jesus this many times, if something is close to Jesus this many times, you must ask yourself why. Somebody shout why. You must ask yourself why. What is the significance? What is the purpose? What is the meaning? I want to do my best to unfold this this morning because I believe that there's something beautiful about the mercies of myrrh. At that place, at that place in the tomb, at that place at Calvary and at the manger, there was an unfolding of this myrrh. But if you don't know what myrrh is, it doesn't do you much good in understanding of what, what is it to be to be in proximity of myrrh. Somebody shout myrrh. Jesus, Jesus is here. And he is now breathing for the first time in human flesh. And they present this gift to him. But this gift is not the gift that you would want to receive. Because by definition, by symbolic understanding, gold represented one thing. Frankincense represented another. And myrrh represented a whole nother thing. The Bible declares that they gave him gold, which was a representation of his kingship. They gave him frankincense because it was a representation of his priestly nature, this ointment. But myrrh is, myrrh is another thing. Myrrh, by definition, if you can put it on the screen, myrrh is a gum resin that is found and extracted from a thorny tree. Somebody shout tree. A thorny tree in the Middle East, they, they would cut the wounds and it would create a wound with a salve and the sap would be extracted from the tree. And this, this salve, this ointment that is called myrrh it was used to create three things. It was used to create perfume and incense and the final of its usage was for the preparation of death. Somebody shout death. I know I'm taking my time, but I just want you to understand what myrrh is this morning. The preparation of death, the symbolic, the symbolic nature of myrrh that was drawn from this tree, this thorny, this thorny tree was presented, was presented to Jesus. And everyone in that day knew the meaning, this ointment, this precious incense. It had a meaning because at the end of the day, throughout the trajectory of life, when life was over. They would bring myrrh to your body as a point of preservation. In so much as to try to preserve life. In other words, myrrh, somebody shout myrrh. Myrrh was a symbol of suffering. Myrrh was a symbol of death. Myrrh was a symbol of pain. So why would they bring myrrh? to the manger the wise men knew the prophecy of Jesus and they understood that this lowly child was going to go through a life filled with hardship 
This lowly child was going to go through a life that was filled with pain. Anybody knows what that feels like in the house? This child was going to have dark days. This child was going to have days in his life that he may have felt as he wished that he had never been born. He was subjected to flesh. He was subjected to a life where he was going to be betrayed. That family was going to turn on him. That friends were going to betray him. I just come to tell you in the house if you're human in the sanctuary you know what it feels like to have hard times. Anybody can hear me preaching? Oh yeah, you know what it feels like to have financial trouble. You know what it feels like to have family turn their back on you. You know what it feels like to suffer. And they brought myrrh to Jesus for one specific purpose. To remind Mary that an arrow was going to pierce her soul. That a child was going to be in a place of suffering. That thorns were going to pierce his side. That myrrh was brought to him as a reminder that he was going to suffer. I want to preach this morning about suffering. And I know, I know it's not a beautiful message, but I'm going to preach because the Holy Ghost told me to preach it. I'm going to preach to somebody in the room that the Bible declares in Job 14 and 1 that man is few of days and full of trouble. Hey, I just come to tell you that we can't escape hard times. You can't escape living a life full of suffering. If you know what it live, what it is to live in days where tears are saturating your pillow and and there's days that you're wearing yourself to sleep. I've come to tell you in the house this morning that if your life is filled with myrrh, I just want to tell you there's a God that's full of mercy. If your life is full of trouble, there's a God that's full of grace. If I wish somebody would hear me in the sanctuary this morning. I've come to tell you, I know that there's memories of myrrh and days you're reminded that I'm feeble in flesh and I go through troubles. But I've come to tell you, I can go through my pain with God by my side. I can go through my wilderness with God holding my hand. I can go. I wish somebody would clap your hands and thank God for mercy. I know that mercy, that mercy, that mercy has kept me, that God has kept me. His grace. Come on, you ought to give God praise. I shouldn't be alive. I shouldn't be here. But mercy has saturated my world and God has extended his hand. Thank God for mercy. Somebody shout mercy and give God praise. I want to preach to people that God delivered you from an alcohol addiction that God delivered you from a crack addiction that God rescued you from a messed up marriage that God brought you out of a I wish somebody that knows what mercy feels like would tell God thank you. If God put your marriage back together, if God saved your children, if God gave you health, if God gave you a home, if God gave you life, you ought to thank him for I wish I had two or three people that would stand and thank God for mercy. Thank God for mercy. Thank I know, I know you feel good to be in church and you wore your best Sunday's best but I've come to tell you if it had not been for mercy if it had not been for 
Somebody shout mercy. They presented, they presented him with myrrh and the manger to remind him that as long as you live every day you wake up, there's a chance that being enrobed in flesh, you're going to suffer. Can I tell you that it's not a strange thing that we go through hard times. You're not, you're not isolated by God because you have problems. Everybody in the room is far and few of days and full of trouble. I've come to tell you that if, but if you're going to have trouble, you got to go to the God, to the God that can walk you through the fire, the God that can lead you through the valley, the God that can help you through your hurt, the God I wish somebody would hear. The God that can help you through the myrrh, that can help you make it through the suffering. Can I tell you that it doesn't feel good when you got to go through court appearance after court appearance because there's a splitting of your home. It doesn't feel good going through custody battles. It doesn't feel good when you're laid off on your job. Anybody just hear me preach to you plainly right now. It doesn't feel good when you're crying yourself to sleep and you got ailments in your body and the doctors don't know what's wrong. It doesn't feel good when you're trying to find help in a bottle and trying and trying to alleviate the pain can I tell you if you're going to get through the pain if you're going to make it through the murder you've got to make it through with God you've got to make it Hey, I come to tell you, I'm strong and I'm a man, but I need God. I don't care how strong you think you are. If you're going to make it through the days of suffering, you need a God to help you make it through the murder. Oh, somebody clap your hands in the house. I know you're crying but I know the king that can wipe away every tear I know you're worrying but I know the God that said take no thought for tomorrow I'm taking care of the sparrow and I can take care of you oh clap your hands in the sanctuary if you thank God for mercy It's all right on a Sunday morning. You say, preach, are you preaching to me? No, I'm preaching to me, then I'm preaching to you. Because every last one of us from the pulpit to the balcony, uh, we need the mercy of God. Uh, I need God's mercy to breathe in and out. Uh, hey, if God wants to stop your breathing, uh, he can push the stop button any time. Uh, he felt ready. Uh, but oh, give thanks unto the Lord, uh, for he is good. Uh, and let everything that has breath uh, praise him. Uh, they opened up their box uh, and they fell down and worshiped him. Uh, and they said, God, I'm going to give you a sacrifice. Uh, I'm going to give you a sacrifice. Uh, because you are king and you're the high priest and I know you can help me make it through the myrrh. Now, now I know this may seem like eloquent preaching but let me preach a little transparently to you right now. Sometimes we get to the point that life starts getting good and our days start getting better. And sometimes when we're in low places, sometimes when we're in hard times, we start thinking that we're strong enough to make it without God. 
Is that all right if I just preach to somebody in the sanctuary? Sometimes we think, uh, you know what, I know that things are hard, uh, but maybe, maybe if I just work some more time on the job uh, and make a few extra hours on overtime, uh, I can fuse my troubles uh, and I can mend my troubles uh, and I can take care of the bills. Uh, no, sir, you can't handle it. Uh, no, ma'am, you can't fix it. Uh, you need the mercies of myrrh. Uh, you need the mercies of God uh, to help you through your trial. With somebody that would know you are not self-sufficient. You are not independent. You are dependent every breath, every day, every hour, every minute, every second. I need the mercy. I don't know if you feel like I feel. But I'll come to tell you that sometimes we try to take God out of the equation and substitute God with substance. We try to substitute God with substance. And as Jesus was on the cross, Bishop, the Bible declares that he's hanging there and there's wounds in his body and there's pain in his body that I'm sure he wished that he can alleviate because he was in humanity, the flesh of humankind, which hurt like you hurt and felt pain like you feel. I can't imagine Jesus laying, laid on that cross wishing that he can stop the pain in his hands and stop the pain in his feet and alleviate the pain in his back how I, I believe that he wished that the pain would go away anybody ever felt like that in the sanctuary come on anybody ever felt like I'm talking to real people in the sanctuary come on anybody gonna open up the door and be transparent in your heart and said God I got some stuff that I wish you would go away God I got some things I'm dealing with I wish it would stop I wish you would go I wish you would leave I've come to tell you even if your troubles don't cease know that you can walk through your trials with God And the Bible declares that they brought, they brought a drink, a mixture. They, bought, they brought a substance to Jesus at the cross. Mark 15 and 23. But what does it mean? The Bible declares that they tried to give him drink. They tried to give him a specific drink. They tried to give him wine mixed with myrrh. Oh, I started digging, Bishop. I wanted to know what that meant. Why were they trying to give him this drink? But you got to understand that the usage of myrrh, that the Greek soldiers would carry myrrh on their person because they understood that myrrh had antibacterial properties that can heal wounds. Anybody need healing in the house? It had the ability, it had the ability to, to release the inflammatory swelling of joints that the pain in the body can be helped and be healed by myrrh. And so they would mix myrrh with wine. They would mingle this substance, uh, this drink, uh, and cause someone to drink it uh, so that it would numb the pain. I wish somebody would hear the Holy Ghost right now. Can I tell you that Jesus hanging on that cross, 
The Bible says that he shook his head and he refused to numb the pain. He refused to alleviate the pain. He refused to take, take the load off because he was thinking about you. He said, if they're going to go through pain, I got to know what it feels like to make it through the pain with no relief. I got to know what it feels like to make it through to make it through divorce court and don't have relief I just want to tell you if Jesus shook off the mirror and said I'm going to keep on making it through the pain I just want to tell somebody on a Sunday morning you can make it you can make it you My God, I hope you would hear the Holy Ghost. He shook off the mirror. He said, I won't numb the pain. I won't numb it with the wine. I won't numb it with substance. I won't try to... I want you to hear me right now in the Holy Ghost. I felt this clear in prayer, Bishop. This is why people in their dark times in life, they try to go to a, to a physician and say, if you can just give me a prescription to get this depression off of me, I'm going to feel better. If you can just give me a substance to numb the pain, I'll feel better. If I can drink my souls away on a Saturday night, I'll feel better. But ladies and gentlemen, you can't mix myrrh with Myrrh. You can't go to the depths of sorrow and find it in a bottle and get through your suffering. It says, all right, if I just keep on preaching. I, I know, I know. I know that education is beautiful and we have talented people with degrees on the wall but there is no couch that is soft enough to fulfill and alleviate the depression of your spirit on a psychiatrist diagnosis like God can. There is I wish Cornerstone would help me preach right now. I wish you would know that there is no diagnosis, that there is no doctor that can do what Jesus can, that can do what... Come on, come on. I wish you would know what it felt like to be all alone. And when I had no family, I still had God. When I had no friends, I still had God. When I had no relief, I still... Hey, baby, I'm the only one that has suffering days and dark times. I just come to tell you, you can make it through the mirror if you got God holding your hand. You can make it. Somebody ought to worship God right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. You can make it through the mirror. You can walk through the darkness. You can get to the altar. You can lift up your hands. There's mercy through the mirror. There's a God that will walk you through the mirror. There's no substitute. There's no substance that can replace God. Oh, clap your hands in the house. Oh, clap your hands in the house. Oh, you said, preacher, I ain't going through nothing. If you don't need it now, you will need it later because man is full of trouble. Our days are full of trouble. We've got trouble, trouble, trouble. When there's trouble on every side, there's a God that would help us make it through the myrrh. Somebody shout myrrh. There was myrrh in the manger. There was myrrh at Calvary. There was myrrh at the tomb. 
And believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, there's myrrh in the church. Hey, if you think you're just going to get saved and troubles go away, then ladies and gentlemen, I hate to hurt your feelings. Uh, that ain't the case. Let the whole church shout amen. amen. If you think that you're just going to go down in the water as you should in the name of Jesus. I'm going to say that for the saints because some of y'all missed it. Uh, if you think going down in the water as we must be saved in the name of Jesus. And if you think being filled with the spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, as the Bible says, we must. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And John 3, he said, except a man be born again of the water and the spirit, he can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. I've got to go down in the name. I've got to come up in the name. I've got to speak in the name. As the Holy Ghost gives the utterance, I want to speak in tongues if I'm going to make it through the mirror. I've got to pray in the spirit if I'm going to make it through the mirror. I've got to live in the spirit if I'm going to make it through suffering. I just come to remind you, we need God. We need God. We need God. But if you think that salvation is going to make everything disappear, I hate to tell you the truth. The Bible declares that the rain falleth on the just, which are the righteous, and the unjust. Troubles, troubles, troubles are inevitable for every saint, for every visitor, for every soul that's in the house. But can I tell you what's good about being in the church? Brother Mark, see if I could get your help. Can I tell you what's beautiful about being in the church? I can make it through my troubles so much better with God walking me through it. Hey, hey, when you close the door at your house uh, and there's nobody else around uh, and you don't have friends, uh, I can whisper the name of Jesus. Uh, I can call upon the name of Jesus. Uh, I can cry out to Jesus uh, and mercy can fill the room uh, and grace can show up uh, in my house uh, and the blood of Jesus uh, can fill my home. My God, I wish somebody would get excited about mercy. When I felt like I had nothing left, I still had God. When I felt like I lost everything, I never lost God. I never lost mercy. The mercies of myrrh are still alive. Uh, uh, is this all right on a Sunday morning? I'm almost done preaching whether you believe it or not, but I need somebody to know in your spirit that you can make it through the myrrh. I don't care if 10 of your friends were divorced. God can put your marriage back together. Oh, I wish you would hear me right now. I don't care if everybody on the job got laid off. God, through his mercy, would say in the whispering ear of your boss, you need to keep him. Keep him around. Why? Because the mercies of myrrh will help you when they don't have God. I've got mercy on my side. Somebody just smile to your neighbor. It feels good to know I got mercy on my side. 
Grace and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hey, mercy might not help you if you don't know what the house of the Lord is, but when I come into the sanctuary, I know that the world might have money, but I got God. The world might have riches, but I'm richer. The world might have houses, but I got a house. The world might have land, but I know the God that owns the cattle on a thousand. Somebody shout the church. Some of y'all are not excited yet, but we're going to change that. Oh, yeah, I feel a preacher in my spirit. Some of, some, of, some of you say, well, preacher, well, preacher, I don't have nothing to shout about. I wish you would just breathe in and out a little bit and know you're still breathing. You could be in a hospital on a ventilation tank right now. You could be in prison for 30 years locked up with no bail. You could be dead from that car accident. You could. I wish you would hear God talking to you. You could be down. You could be dead. But God. You ought to give him praise for mercy, uh, stepping in your house. Uh, you ought to give him thanks for mercy, uh, reaching your family. Uh, you ought to give him. I wish somebody would take about 15 seconds uh, and thank God for mercy. I don't know if you got mercy like I had it. Oh, but when I was backslid out my mind, I was addicted to painkillers. I was drunk on a, on, a, on a college campus. But God reached his hand down and said, I got to give you mercy. I've got to reach down some mercy. I tell you, come on, don't you forget. Don't you forget driving your, your Lexus. Don't you forget about the mercies. Can I tell you why you got to get in the church right now? Because there's a spirit of covering. There's a spirit of strength that will help you make it through the mirror. You're trying to figure out why things are messed up. Can I tell you, you get in the church and God can fix all that. But I wish I had 10 more church people that would help me preach. Because you go to the book of Revelation, Bishop, chapter 2, I found out something beautiful about the seven churches. I found something interesting about the seven churches. God gave a message to the church at Ephesus, the church at Philippi. He gave a message to the church at, 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 at Smyrna. And I've always saw these churches and the revelation of the churches. Oh, but something's beautiful about Smyrna. Because I found out what the Greek translation of the word Smyrna was. Anybody curious what it, what it is? The Greek translation of the word Smyrna, the message to the church at Smyrna, the Greek translation is myrrh. And that don't mean anything until you start reading Revelations 2 and 8. Read it for me. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna. The church. Right. This is to the angel of the church at suffering. These things saith the first and the last. God said, I want to talk to you a little bit. I'm the first and I'm the last. I'm the alpha and the omega. I'm the beginning and the end. Yeah. But I wish you would preach with me right now. 
But here is where I get, get excited. Hear it? Which was dead. Which was dead. And is alive. But I ain't dead no more. He said, you need to listen to the one that hung on the cross and made it through the myrrh. I refused to substitute the pain. I made it through and you can make it too. That's right. I just want you to believe and know you think that it's dead. You think you can't make it. You think it's over. But he said, listen to the first and listen to the last. You can make it through the myrrh. Keep on reading. I feel the Holy Ghost. And I know thy works and tribulation. He said, I know your works. He said, I know you're trying to live for me. And I also know that you're going through tribulation. Hear it? And poverty. But thou art rich. And I know. He said, I know you're going through trials and you're broke. Talk about it. Now, I know that might not apply apply to some of y'all, but I won't preach to some of me. All right. He said, I know you're going through hard times, and I know you're stressed out, and I know you got trials and troubles on every hand, and I know you can't rub two nickels together, and you're praying for a raise, and you're praying for a blessing. He said, but I know exactly where you are. I'm the God that can help you make it through the myrrh. I'm the God that can help you make it through your financial troubles. I wish somebody would hear God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Go to, go to verse 10. Fear none of those things which he thou said, shalt fear suffer. none of those things. Hey, can I tell you why I'm so excited right now? Because I don't care how dark your situation is. I, I know the God that made the light. My, my, my. Hey. I feel my help in the house. I don't care how dry the wilderness is. I know the God that said, let there be waters upon waters, waters in the firmament, waters below the firmament. He can dry, he can, he can bring water to your desert. He can bring water to your wilderness. I know the God that can help you make it through the bird. Yeah, he said, he said, I know. I know what you're going through, the things. What did he say? He said, what? Fear not what? Fear none of those things. Yeah. Yeah? Which thou shalt? Suffer. Which thou shalt? Suffer. He said to the church of suffering, I know you're going to suffer. Yeah. Boy, is anybody hearing what God is telling you right now? To people in the house that you don't know how to stop the tears, I know that the tears are flowing. He said, but I got good news for you. He said, you're going to be thrown in prison. You're going to go through tribulation for many days. He said, but I got some good news for you. What's the good news, Brother Marks? But thou faithful unto death. He said, but if you be faithful unto death. And I will give thee a crown of life. He said, you just keep on walking with me uh, when you don't understand how to make it. Uh, You keep praying and talking to me uh, when you don't know how you're going to get out. Uh, You keep being faithful to the house of God. Uh, I'm going to help you out. Uh, I'm going to walk you through the mirror. I'm going to help you through your hurt. Uh, I'm going to heal your heart. Uh, I'm going to save your family. Uh, I'm going to deliver your children. Uh, I'm going to bless your family. I wish somebody would get excited uh, about mercy, uh, about mercy, uh, about 
He said, I'm not talking about a crown of thorns. I'm talking about a crown of life. Because when this life is over, there will be no more tears. There will be no more pain. There will be no more suffering. You ought to thank God, thank God, thank God. I feel the Holy Ghost in the sanctuary. I want to tell somebody in the room, I know it's been tough, but keep being faithful. He said, if you're faithful unto death, he said, I know you were born and I know you're going to die, but myrrh will, but myrrh will help you through. If you, if you just walk with God, you can make it through the myrrh because myrrh is just not symbolic of suffering, but it's also symbolic of preservation. I feel the Holy Ghost as we come to the music. I'm telling you right now, I know what I'm talking about. 32 years old, I haven't lived all of life's experiences, but I know God enough to know this, that when you are going through it and you can't see your way out of the darkness, there was a God that will preserve you through your problems. There was a God that will preserve you through your troubles. There was a God of mercy. Somebody shout mercy. There's a God of mercy that will help you through your suffering. You said, preacher, who are you talking to? I'll tell you who. I want everybody in this house to raise one hand. I'm talking to us. I'm talking to the mama that's trying to raise your kids by yourself. I'm talking to the daddy that you don't want to tell your wife that they cut your hours this week. I'm talking to the family. Nobody else in your family want to have anything to do with you because you decided that you want to live for God. I'm talking to the people in the room that knows what it feels like to live on the street and have people pass you by and not help. I'm talking to people in the sanctuary that you don't have an answer for what's going on right now. That you don't have an answer for your tears. I'm preaching to the people in the house that you've, been that you've been struggling with diabetes in your body. And the doctor said, you got to stay on this. You got to stay on this prescription. That's the only way you're going to make it. I'm talking to the lady with diagnosis. And the doctor said that your bones are deteriorating. Oh, but there's a God a God of mercy and can I tell you he's not dead can I tell you some better news he's in the sanctuary right now You have to know there's only one way that you can make it. 
The only way you can make it to the, through the fire is we stand to our feet across the house. The only way you can come out on the other side is you got to make it through with the man, the first and the last, that was dead and is alive. You got to make it through the man, the only man that knows how to make it through murder. Bible declares first Peter first Peter 1 and 7 tells us that the trial of your faith being more much more precious than gold you know what's so beautiful Bishop they presented him with gold and frankincense. The last thing they gave him was myrrh. What's beautiful to know is that, believe it or not, this precious ointment, this precious incense, this fragrance. Anybody feel the Holy Ghost in the sanctuary right now? Come on, anybody need to make it through some suffering in the sanctuary right now? He said, your suffering, whether you believe it or not, is sometimes much more precious than gold. What are you talking about, preacher? Myrrh is so bitter to the taste. Sometimes your troubles, your hard times are hard to digest. God, why would you let this happen to me? God, if you were so loving, how could you let me go through all of this? But God knows if you can make it through the myrrh, you're going to come out better than gold. You know what I found out? I found out in the days of the Middle East that sometimes because of the economical climate that this incense, this perfume, this, this bomb for preparation is worth more ounce per ounce than even gold is worth. So why did they bring it to the tomb? I'm glad you asked. Because myrrh in the manger was a reminder that we are all going to suffer. Can the whole church shout amen? amen. Myrrh at Calvary was a reminder that you, you can't substitute the pain that you're going through. But myrrh in the tomb was beautiful because I could see Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea preparing that body and sprinkling the body of Jesus with myrrh symbolic to preserve to prepare the embalming of his body but what they forgot they forgot that he told him I'm not going to be dead long you know what that tells me that tells me that in his death 
He was subject to myrrh. But in his resurrection, he overcame the myrrh. He said, I'm not going to be dead long. I'm not going to suffer long. When this life is over, I shall live again. All across the house, this is what I want us to do right now. This, for some of us, this is your first time in service in a long time. And for, for some of the saints of God, you're here every Sunday. But is there anybody in the room that knows what it feels like to suffer? I want to see your hands. Come on, this is a transparent moment right now. Come on, anybody? Listen, for the perfect people in the sanctuary, this, this point may not apply to you, but for all the people that know what it feels like to go through crying nights, I want you to close your eyes right now, and I want you to cut the live stream until we sing two, two courses. I want you to close your eyes all across the sanctuary. And I know this may be strange, but I want you to think about everything you're going through. I want you to think about your husband walking out on you. I want you to think about you not knowing how you're going to pay your bills. Preacher, why you want me to think about it? I'll tell you why. Just think about it. I want you to think about all the suffering, all the memories of myrrh. With our hands lifted, I want you to think about how hard some days have been. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, be transparent with God. Come on. I know that you're strong and you feel like you can make it through everything. But what about the things you have no clue where an answer is going to come from? Come on, I want you to think about it. Come on, think about it. Come on, hands lifted. Come on, hands lifted. On live stream, I want you to think about it. But I want you to think about this. Real soft, I want you to think about this. The mercies of God will help you through the mercy me. Yes. There's a mercy that will reach you right now. Come on, I need God today. I need God tomorrow. I need God right now. Come on, anybody need mercy right now? Come on, when your family left you, that was a God that was there. Oh, I wish you would just lift your hands and let mercy. Come on, come on, sir. I know. I know you feel like nobody wants me here, but I'm telling you, God, God's saying, no, 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 no. It's my mercy that brought you here. Come on, anybody feel that mercy? Oh, God, I need your mercy. 
Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, come on. Anybody need God to help some of the wounds? Come on, anybody need the, the fragrance? need your mercy to wipe away my tears right now. Come on, somebody ought to think about that day. You was on a bar stool. It was God's mercy. Oh, God. Come on, do it again. Do it again. Come on, do it again. Come on, think about it. Come on, somebody. Come on, I wish somebody would just come on, step out of your pew. Come on, I wish you would get in this altar and lift up your hands and say, God, it's your tender mercy. God, when I thought I couldn't make it, you helped me make it through the mud. Come on, it was mercy. It was mercy. It was mercy. Come on, the mercy of God is in the house. Your tender mercy. Come on, if you want your sins washed away, you can be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. There's mercy in the water. There's mercy in the spirit. Come on, somebody pray. Come on, somebody pray. Somebody pray like you're begging God for mercy. Beg for the mercies of God. Beg for the mercies of Jesus. Come on, mercy. Mercy. I need 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 m